Wow, massive episode coming out this week with me and the Ghost Club. The Ghost Club is an alt-rock, punk-rock singer from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is someone still finding his way in the music industry, even with some massive successes already under his belt. His first ever song has hit over 1 million streams on Spotify, and he has worked with some of the biggest producers in the game. The Ghost Club, a.k.a. Dominic, and I talked about his start in the music industry, who inspired him, how he has dealt with this influx of notoriety, some of his all-time favorite horror movies, and the best foods in Pittsburgh. We chat about so much more, and I wish I had so much more time to interview Dominic as well, but I know you guys are still going to enjoy our chat nonetheless. Now, before we get into the show, check out this snippet of his newest song, Same Graves. the world comes in Welcome to the show. My name is Rob, and you are listening to the Take a Shot With Me podcast, a show where I ask questions and we take shots, giving rising artists, producers, and bands a platform to speak. On today's show, I am sitting down with the Ghost Club. The Ghost Club, a.k.a. Dominic, is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Steel City has been able to produce this unique and eerie alt-rock, punk-rock singer. If you've ever wondered what Brendan Urie from The Panic at the Disco was going to be reborn and reincarnated into a new singer, well, it happened a lot sooner than we could all have ever expected. Ever since his first single in 2018, This Bird Has Flown, Dominic has been showing us his growth as an artist year over year. After a captivating single like Antique, which was produced by Matt Squire, the producer of Panic at the Disco, Dominic continues to show off his dominance. The Ghost Club's most recent single, Same Graves, is the icing on the undead cherry cake. For anyone to fall in love with his music from this upcoming act. All that being said, Dominic, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. You hyped me up a, a, a darn good bit there, so I, I better like get interesting real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be interesting oh, enough. Man. I think you'll be interesting enough. You'll you'll see by the time we get there, uh, a couple shots or a couple drinks uh, flowing into you, and you'll get uh, you'll get there. So it happens. It happens. It takes time. But yeah, no. Overall, I'm really excited to chat with you and get to know the real Ghost Club, the real Dominic. So let's start it off to a cheers. Oh, cheers, bud. So you first started recording music in 2018 and released your first single that same year. That song, This Bird Has Flown, has now over 1 million streams on Spotify. A massive accomplishment for someone who just released their first song ever. Yet, what made you decide in 2018, without any prior musical experience, that you wanted to become this musician? Um, I mean, before that, I kind of just didn't really know what I was doing. I was in that point in life where uh, once you get past high school, you think, okay, none of that really mattered. 
and priorities changed. So I thought to myself, well, I got to do something. And originally I was going to be a uh, filmmaker and I was going to school for film. And then I was taken to a concert one night by my dad. It was Bruce Springsteen. And I thought to myself, okay, that was really interesting to see. And it made me feel really, made me feel really good. And I thought to myself, okay, if I could learn how to do that, that would be a really great thing to do. And like leaving that, my mind kind of shifted into, okay, how do you, how do you make this happen? How do you make a song? How do you sing? How do you do this? How do you do that? And it hasn't changed, literally, uh, even up until calling you right now, I'm still in the same mindset of, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to figure out what I'm doing wow. and how to do it. Wow. And that's massive. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I can't agree with that more. It's kind of like a, it's like you're stumbling through this kind of path to becoming an artist or how you find yourself as an artist. Um, and even though you were kind of like, hey, I, I thought I wanted to become one thing and then something monumental changes my con- entire scope on life and how I see myself. What about that show really just like connected with you? Was it just how he kind of connected with the crowd and had them all singing along to his songs or was there something else deeper in that? Um, well, I mean, I, w- I was always kind of into Bruce Springsteen before, but it had been so long since I went to a concert and we had pretty decent seats where the PA was hitting us in just the right spot. So the sound was amazing. And the dude just straight up went for about four hours. There was no opening slot. There was nothing. It was just as soon as like eight o'clock hit, he went on and he played for four hours, which that that's like a long, long time for anything. So it was kind of a bit of a spiritual experience because, like, by the end of that, your legs are hurting and your ears are ringing. But um, he connects. He even he's old as hell now, but he still is just an amazing artist live, and he spends a good bit of time talking to uh, the people and not just singing. And he, I don't know, he's just very hypnotic in concert, and I, I didn't think that it would be as good as it was. And it was just mainly how it made me feel. Like it made me feel just good in that moment. And I didn't realize how great live music could be at that point. And uh, it's just one of those things that changes you. And then I was able to look and see, okay, here's what other shows are like. Because like Bruce Springsteen, he's not like other concerts today. Like when you go and you see a lot of visuals behind them, there's always like some shtick. Like how Travis Scott had the flying... Lamborghini and 21 Pilots had that sky bridge come down. So I saw that and I got even more excited. I'm like, wow, concerts today are a lot more interesting usually visually. And that just got me hooked into that because it's just a vehicle to be expressive, which was kind of the whole... Like, it, It's weird being wanting to be a musician because like you, you don't want people to pay attention to you, but you want to be heard. It's it's a strain. It, like I'm very shy, but I want to perform in front of people, and I want to sing in front of people and replicate what I saw before that one night. And it's just it's just a great feeling, and it's something that it, I, I enjoy doing. It. I didn't realize how much there was involved in music until I started trying to do it. And once you learn it, it's just it's like you're always looking for something. All right, like what's the right answer? What's the way to do things and I'm never I might never find that out but it's it's just that search for uh trying to make something you're really proud of that's fulfilling yeah it's and it kind of draws into what you originally said you wanted to do was was to create 
was to work in film, to work movies, and just kind of like how the whole spectacle of music is now a production. Live music is a production from the beginning to the end. So it kind of does, I guess, work off of your film knowledge or your way to draw in an audience through visual uh, aesthetics. So if you can attribute that to your music, then it kind of just falls into what you originally already thought you wanted to do in a, in a certain way, I guess. And I think, I think the biggest thing is that even when you started this whole journey, you didn't originally think this was going to be your journey. It ended up becoming your journey. Um, how have you dealt with this kind of like influx of notoriety? You already said you're a very shy person or already, and then you've now gotten this somewhat fame from your music. How have you dealt with this just influx of fame already in your musical career? Ooh, uh, not well. Um, it really actually did the exact opposite of what I thought it was going to do. Um, because it's, it's weirdly never enough and not enough as in like, I want more attention, but like never enough as in, I thought that if I would have people paying attention, that it would bring people's eyes to it, like in the music industry. And that hasn't happened yet. So it's, it's always a lot of pressure. Um, because you know, you're not young forever and you don't have unlimited chances to make impressions on people. So it's a lot of pressure all the time, but it's healthy. I mean, it's not healthy, but it's good because it, it motivates me to really try to figure it out in a better sense. Um, and then, uh, like, I don't know. It, it really changed my uh, perception on why I was doing this because like, it seemed really cool at first to have people paying attention to you, but then you realize that's not really going to make you happy or make you fulfilled. So it, it's like a take it or leave it thing. I'm really grateful that people pay attention to it and I'm always going to try to keep working for those people and be the best person I can be for those people. But uh, very, very strange. Uh, it's one of those things like, it's so kind of odd to think about and you'd kind of don't except like if you ever just up late one night and you're thinking, damn, there's people paying attention to this and listening to this. And that, that kind of freaks me out sometimes. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like the fact that some people are actually listening, even if it was just one person in the world listening, that's still crazy that someone's consuming something that. I created and I'm really grateful, but man, is it strange? Yeah. And I, and I, I, I think that is such a very odd thing to think about sometimes because you then think about existence almost. It's like an existential type of feeling where you're thinking like, holy shit, like this one song that I've made has been listened to by a million people. Maybe it's not a million people, but a million people have clicked play on this song. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, holy shit, there's a lot of people listening to something that I've created. And it is weird to kind of think about, like, you went from, I'm going to start this, maybe a couple people are going to listen, you know, my friends mm -hmm. and family, maybe some people outside of their communities. And then it just blows up to a million. And then you just have to deal with that. You're kind of reeling from that. Because normally you think about, like, some people's careers take little steps. It's a progression, but it doesn't always go from zero to a hundred really, really quick. And it is interesting to kind of see the psyche of a person that's had to deal with that. And yeah. That you are one of those people. 
It also brings hindsight into the picture a good bit, because I see that and I think, okay, well, I think differently now than I did then, and I'm better now than I did then, so, like, what if I really applied myself? And it's one of those things where you see something working, and, like, I feel like I'm in the balance of being able to make my life different and make this what I do if I really buckle down and, like, actually make something better than what I'm doing before and like you said keep going up or I could do the opposite I could keep going back down and not progress and that that's a scary thing to think about because uh, it's just like you said I was expecting when I did all this that a couple people would listen to it like friends family and it would be like one of those things so it was just very strange but it's it the longer it goes on the more I see people uh, going to it the more serious it gets and it go it goes back into pressure because um, I'm really trying to not let this just fade away. But we'll see how it goes. It could do better. Or it could do worse. I'm just I'm grateful that people listen at all. And I'm this has definitely been a pretty crazy time in my life. I also can't believe I'm only one shot in, but I uh, I pulled two 12-hour shifts in a row this weekend, and I don't eat when I'm working, so I'm kind of on an empty stomach, and I'm already feeling it. Like bu- feeling I'm already buzzed, but I'm also drinking uh, straight liquor, not like a truly... Not even a chaser. Like not yeah, even. Just, Good so I you. just took a sh- shot straight to the stomach, and I'm already stumbling my words. Well, you're gonna hate me, because I'm gonna tell you it's that time again. Let's go. Let's go. And I did it again, but I had a towel on my lap to collect. You learned. It's a learning experience, see? You're already learning. It's just like your musical career. You're learning. So you already have songs produced by some of the biggest names in the game. Matt Squire, uh, Eric Palmquist. How did you get introduced to these men, and why do you think they ended up producing your music specifically? Um. Well, I worked with Matt first for the first three songs I put out. This Bird Has Flown, Antique, and Hey There Rose. And the way it was before that is um, I kind of was going through the internet and finding different producers. And I would like, uh, I, I, I knew someone who knew how to use Logic before I knew how to produce anything. And um, I would go to their basement and they would like record little demos for me and I would send them out. And it was one of those like barrier things for me because I sent it to some people and they're like, yo. I'm not producing this. And they just straight, they were just straight up. They're like, well, you got to tell you, this just isn't good. And I had to keep like, you know, changing things, redoing things and just making better things. But by the time I did that, I kind of exhausted all the producers I knew about. And they don't really want to give you a second chance. If you send them like really crap songs off the bat, but I found Matt Squire, and I forget like how I found him. I had like something that could get emails, and then I found his email, and then instead of replying to that, he added me on Facebook, and we talked there, and it went from there. We went to I went to DC, and he taught me a good bit. And like you, you, it's weird when you're in a studio, you just pick up on things. Like I didn't realize I was learning until I went back home, and was able to do it myself. But I was still kind of uh, not really knowing what I was doing, but I knew more than what I was. 
so I took that, learned some more, I uh, made some more demos, and then I found out about Eric Palmquist, and I'm like, hey, I, I like the music you, you do, and I sent my stuff out to him. And I spent a good old time in LA learning with him. He showed me a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff in Analog, which was really cool. Uh, he was He's friends with Josh Klinghoffer of, well, he was in Red Hot Chili Peppers, he's not anymore, but we got to use some of his equipment, which was pretty cool. I learned a lot about analog synthesis, which was also pretty cool and helped with sound. And I came back with that, and now I'm trying to go back again in the spring and hopefully make the same step. We'll see. Yeah, it it it's one of those things where maybe somebody else says no, but it opens a door for something else. And that you were able to connect with him on Facebook, of all places, and then you kind of just became, I guess... In a way, friends, and then it moved on to more, and then you kind of were able to expand your group of people, and which then expanded your ability and your knowledge and your depth, and it kind of just kind of snowballs. And that's what you hope. You hope that once you then link up with them again, it grows your craft um, more and more. And this also leads me that you're not from obviously DC. You're not from uh, LA. You're from Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, born and raised. The Steel City. It's known for its 446 bridges, if anybody didn't know that out there. Um, but there also is a very underground punk rock scene in the Polish Hill area as well. Um, to say that your music inf- is influenced by this is something that I do not know, or even if you participate in the punk rock scene overall. Um, yet your music seems to have like a very punk rock vibe to it. With all that said, living and growing up in Pittsburgh, do you feel like yourself or your music has it all been influenced by pittsburgh um the people or even the underground punk rock scene kind of uh, subconsciously did you say you were from pittsburgh too or no no no, no. i'm from washington dc but actually my sister she is in pittsburgh she's in the polish hill area okay uh and to answer that question i kind of negated the whole local scene because i got into it later on than a lot because like a lot of people when they were uh, like yeah. 12 13 they got into the local scene. You like kind of get dragged in, and there's so many unspoken rules that they have that they're like such a tight knit family like community. Um, musically, I I think that maybe some of those influences came in without me knowing. I guess, but I I wouldn't say that that's something I'm trying to bring in. It just might end up doing that. But um, yeah, the the, the Pittsburgh scene is some. They're pretty pretty cool people because they just enjoy playing music in front of each other, even if no one shows up or a hundred people show up. They're just there to to vibe, and it's a cool it's a cool place. It's just a shame that all this is happening now because a lot of the uh, local DIY venues are just like getting Thanos snapped out of existence. Yeah, it's 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 not a good time to be an independent venue at all. And actually, my sister she plays played or i think she might still play in a punk rock band in like the pittsburgh area she even like traveled the country and like you know a beat-up van with her other bandmates just trying to go from city to city just play music but that is such a punk rock thing it's just kind of like you know fuck it i don't care i'll play in front of my two best friends or i'll play in front of 100 people whatever happens i just want to play music mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool because it is unique to pittsburgh and it is unique to their kind of vibe and their sort of heart i guess 
Um, and even though you did kind of get into the scene a bit later, you kind of maybe do have a subconscious feeling for, you know, Pittsburgh because it is home. It's where you've grown up. So you do have something about the area that kind of influences you. Um, is that true though? Like you, you said you do kind of, but do you feel it overall? Maybe it not, might not be in your music, but you as a person? Um, maybe. I have a very love-hate relationship with Pittsburgh because um, it's uh, a very divided part of Pennsylvania. And it's like, because on one hand, you have the city and then 20 minutes, you can be in the middle of nowhere outside the city and you have a bunch of yokels. And no shit, when I was on the way to work yesterday, because I, I still work, I mean, like, what? Um, I passed by a little protest that was against LGBTQ rights, and they were just, like, being openly hateful, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. In our yeah. city, I'm like, how is this allowed? How are the, and there's just so much of that. But that's anywhere. But um, it's just very strange in Pittsburgh because you go into the city and it's like the most accepting place ever. And then you go 20 minutes outside and you're like essentially like no shit. The town I live in, uh, I can drive and there's people that will fly Confederate flags. They'll fly Trump flag. And there's even one stupid person that has a half Confederate flag, half American flag in like one flag. And it's just the dumbest thing. I'm like, you, what, you're not, you're not even on the right side of one of those flags. You're, you're in Pennsylvania, bud. Yeah, exactly. And that, no, that's you not even, that's not side. even justifying <laughs> it because that flag has nothing to even do with the Confederacy. It was a symbol made in the. I mean, it, it was their battle flag, but it was popularized in the '40s when they tried integrating the army. So anybody who says heritage, not hate is a big dum-dum and needs to actually learn what that flag was for. And it's just very, it just angers me when I drive past and I see that here or anywhere, but especially here, because it just tells me, okay, you're just also very stupid. And that's what yeah. I don't like about Pittsburgh. And yeah, and I can understand that because that, that's a sentiment around the whole entire country where it is like, we're very divided. So I live in London. I am originally from the U.S. So, and I've lived all over, lived in the Midwest, lived down South, lived North. So I have a general idea of how everybody kind of thinks or has their kind of beliefs or their stances. And it is interesting to see how divided the whole entire country is on so many different issues. And obviously right now, it's a very, 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 very divided place. Great um, call on leaving America. Good, good call on that. You really picked. Yeah, I picked a great time to do it, actually. <laughs> good on God. you. Hey, and to that sentiment, for me, let's take a shot. <laughs> for being in America or leaving America, whichever side of the coin you want to kind of flip it, I guess. I'm already getting a shiver from pouring this. When creating your name, The Ghost Club, what led you to picking that alias? All right, I'll try not to ramble on this one. Um... <laughs> it, st it stems from me being alone on this. Uh, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh, and like the the you hear it a bunch of people like, "Hey, yeah, let's get together sometime, we'll hang out, we'll make some music," and that's like the most famous last words ever because people say that they don't mean it, 
and I would like add people into group chats and we would talk about music, but then like they would just stop replying and me being petty, I would get really frustrated. I'm like, come on, they said they would make music. For me. So I, w- I changed one of the group chats to the Dead Club. Uh, and I'm like, that's really more, but I got to make it a little more cute if I'm going to be petty. And I changed it to the Ghost Club because, you know, like, oh, they ghosted me. Yeah, that's cool. That's funny. I'm going to be a smart ass. And they're like, oh, hey, that's a cool name. You should make that your band name. And I'm like, it was a joke, but you know what? I don't, it's, it's I guess, I guess I'll try that out. And it's, it's stuck. Uh, ghosts are cool. And then uh, one of the people I was going to school with, who was an animator, made the yin yang ghost. And I'm like, that's really cool. I guess, I guess this is me now. And <laughs> that's, that's how it came to be. Honestly, that's actually really that's a better story than just saying like, you know what? I was really into ghosts and I thought I'd just ma- making a club because like that actually has like a, a meaning to it. It's just like people were just ghosting you and you wanted to be kind of like, you know, a little dig at them to kind of be like, yo, fuck you guys. Like stop fucking not responding to me. But it ended up falling into your name, which is actually kind of like a nicer way to get a name than kind of just like, oh, this is this was fun. But I guess... Since it is the ghost club, do you believe in ghosts or any sort of paranormal activity? Are you like a paranormal activity freak? Hell no. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I do not believe in the ghosts at all. It's all figurative. Um, I used to think that stuff was true. I mean, I hope ghosts are real. That'd be pretty cool. But I don't know. Something just didn't sit well with me with like being eternally in one spot as a ghost and not like I would get very bored real quick if I was a ghost. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, like, maybe gonna, I'm maybe gonna like shift a piece of paper on a bookshelf, like a centimeter every 10 years, <laughs> you know, I don't Just want that. <laughs> and I don't want to be looking like your family would always say, Oh yeah, your grandma's watching down. I'm like, no, she's not. You think she wants to be watching us all day. Like, damn, if I, if I was omnipotent and a ghost, I'd be, Somewhere else, I'd be doing Cruising. cool stuff, not looking down and like watching me eat Cheerios or some shit or forget to do a math assignment. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, who cares about that shit? But but I hey I hey if you could be like a Harry Potter ghost, that'd be kind of dope. I mean, like, yeah, that nearly, would be, nearly had this Nick. That would be cool, yeah. But I mean, I mean they they have the they're making holograms now of dead people, which is like crazy and immoral. So That's I guess maybe. Maybe I will be headless Nick with technology in the future because they'll just make a hologram of me and that'll be cool. Hey, maybe maybe you'll be performing at Coachella one time and you're a hologram. Who the fuck knows? Technology's crazy at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so we're in the scariest month. Your name is Ghost Club. I'm kind of trying to fit two and two together. Are you even a fan of horror movies? Even though you don't believe in ghosts, oh, are you a fan of horror movies, haunted houses, and stuff like that? Yes, I am. I am very much so <laughs> into horror movies. Uh, like, and I, I don't know why. Like, the YouTube algorithm uh, keeps putting horror movie stuff in my YouTube thing. I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta watch watch these random clips from Friday the 13th, I guess. It's not even the full movie, no context, just, oh, hey, yep, there he is, there's the guy. Exactly. And it's, no, nah, it's cool. Uh, like, my girlfriend and I, we watched Rocky Horror, and she is, like, super duper in love with Tim Curry, so I'm going to be watching Rocky Horror uh, in about 24 hours. I'm pumped for that. 
<laughs> the old Friday the Thirteenth movies are pretty dope. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen like the old Dawn of the Dead, where the zombies looked all gray and they were in the mall, not like where they're running super fast. But I live where that was filmed. Like the the mall in that movie is where I'm. Like at it's called Monroeville. That's where I live. So I that's am. a cool movie. We love that movie here. Uh, Night of Living Dead was done here. So a lot of horror movies. So you're grow you've grown up around it. Yeah, it's, it's it's the spooky times. It's been a hard year. I just need this month to slow down and let me like take in. I want to get myself one of those twelve foot skeletons to put in my room. You know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, you've seen that on Twitter. The dude like has the augmented reality oh, yeah. skeleton. Oh hell yeah, that'd be dope. Actually, like that that'd be so sick. It would work off your music video as well because your music video is literally. I'm about just gonna dying. Put one of death. those on my car <laughs> and drive around with that on the roof. Oh hell yeah! All right, well then, going back to scary movies in general, of these four, I'm just gonna give you four because I didn't want to kind of let you go off on a tangent because I didn't know if you were a fan of scary movies or not. But I'm giving you four, and I want you to rank these four as the best to the worst. So number one. Casper. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Great guy. Two, Ghostbusters. New or old. Probably old. The Conjuring. Three, or Paranormal Activity. Which would be the best and which would be the worst? All right. We got Ghostbusters, number one, with the OG cast. Um, And then we got Casper the Friendly Ghost. And it's funny, the guy who plays guitar for me, his last name actually is Casper, and people don't think he's being serious, but he is. His name's Logan Casper. Uh, three, Paranormal Activity. It's all right, take it or leave. Like, I remember that movie a good bit ago. They made a whole really? lot of them. Uh, yeah. Conjuring, it's all right. I mean, I'll, if it's there, I'll watch it. And you really? I... Then Dead Last would have to be the new Ghostbusters, because I'm just like... It's yeah, just, I, uh, just not the same. Not the, I don't know why. It's just they tried to make it too modern. I think it's like it's just like it's just the, like how SNL was. It was really cool in the eighties, but like it's just I. There wasn't nothing. It's trying too hard. I don't know. I just didn't. I mean, I like Ghostbusters. I'll still, you know, I'll, I'll put that above the Conjuring because it's still Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters source material is like. Still good, but it was like a lot of the jokes were like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that you said The Conjuring so low, because I thought Paranormal Activity was absolutely shit. But I'm guessing that you thought Conjuring was even worse than that. Paranormal Activity, there's like somewhat of nostalgia for that, because I remember when that came out, I was a little kid, and I'm like, oh, this is super scary. But then, yeah, they made a bunch of them. And looking back on it now, like, you can find Paranormal Activity... On like, not I'm not the movie. Like you can find the equivalent of that movie on YouTube, like ten times over. There's always some YouTube video where someone tries making something like that, or something scarier <laughs> than that, or better than that. Like it's that movie was cool back then, but it's like YouTube quality production. It's not. It's not where it's at. Yeah, exactly. Like you're literally just taking, you're ripping off YouTube and putting it as like a feature length film. In the worst way possible. But, hey, to each their own, honestly. And I, I, I can't say enough about it because I don't like scary movies. But I thought Paranormal Activity was like the most least scary, scary movie. I actually thought it was kind of funny 
how stupid it was overall. The only scary part was, I think, the last scene, like the original paranormal activity when like she literally is possessed and like she's going like literally insane. Like her body is contorting all over the place. That was probably the scariest part of the whole entire movie, but it took you like two hours to get there and then that was it. Yeah, it was like... I remember the first one came out like right before uh, the internet was... Or when did it come out? Paranormal Activity. 2007. Okay, 2007, you could still have like people saying the Blair Witch Project was real and they found the footage. Like I remember when the Blair Witch came out, they're like, oh yeah, look, they found this footage in the woods and they made it seem real. And that's how the movie was. Because I thought I was a dumb little kid. I was nine years old then. And I'm like, oh, this is real. That's super scary that it actually happened. And for some reason, I'm a uh, like what scares me most is being in like a house alone and there's no lights on. That scares the hell out of me. I hate the dark. I hate being alone in the dark and I just hate empty houses because you like anything could be behind a door. And it's yeah. that potential that scares me. I I agree. Like I remember when I was a little kid turning off the lights and then sprinting up the stairs because I thought there was going to be something that was going to get me if I didn't sprint up the stairs. Because, like, obviously, once the lights turn off, that's when all, like, the creepy shit comes out. Everybody knows that. That's, like, what I was beat into when I was a kid. So, literally, turn the lights off in the basement, sprint upstairs, make sure you're safe. Also, if the curtains in your shower are ever completely closed, you got to make sure it's open because there's always, like, you know, Hitchcock the person behind the yeah, you're gonna have Norman Bates curtains. getting getting funky in there. Freaky. With you. <laughs> All right, let's take a shot to Norman Bates getting freaky behind a shower curtain. Pittsburgh is a place known for its unique food. It is heavily influenced by Polish and Italian cooking. I've created a list of a few of iconic Pittsburgh foods, and I want you to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being they can go straight into the garbage, and 10 saying, shove that all in my face right now. Starting it off, classic Polish dish, pierogies. How do you rate oh, a pierogi? Oh, those are like straight up eights. Um, they can be, like, even when they're bad and like, like, are they really not common outside of Pittsburgh, or do we just really love them that much? Because I thought they... Well, they're Polish, so if you're a Polish family, you probably have them, but I used to have it a bit, like a pierogi, but, like, I know it's really big in Pittsburgh. Like, it is, like, a regional thing. That's so crazy, but no, like, even the cheap microwavable ones are great. Man, we love them. Like, at our, at our baseball games, we have a pierogi race where, like, five people in pierogi costumes just run and i'm like i guess we like that but yeah pierogies solid eight. Oh, for sure yeah easy 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 next one uh this is actually i think pretty controversial but it's kind of up to the person um permani bros permani bros sandwiches all right permanis it's about mm, a six it's great it's one, like it's i like all food and it's it's great but like I don't know. Like, I think we're kind of stupid for letting that exist because it's like literally, it's bread, French fries, like meat, coleslaw, just slapped into a sandwich, and we're stupid enough to think that's cuisine. And I'm like, come on, like, why is that our staple food? Like, it, it it's literally that's something so a drunk person would go home like after being blasted that they didn't need. Like, well, I got to eat something. What do we got in the fridge? Okay, coleslaw. Yeah, put that on bread. French fries. Yeah. 
I mean, at least all the ingredients are good. Um, but it's like one of those yeah. things where it's so bad that you like it. Have you ever had Primanis? Oh yeah, no, I've I've had it. I've had the I think it was the not the original, but like the ones like in like like the South Side, like in yeah. Pittsburgh. Those are crazy. Like those are so good. I think they're really good. If you go to like, you know, when it gets into like the chain restaurants, like just outside of Pittsburgh, it's not as good. It's like, it's okay. You know how it is. But yeah, like the original yeah. place you go in and it's not like a modern restaurant. It looks like it's been stuck in 1972 <laughs> and hasn't left. It's greasy. It's like just the dingiest place, but that's where it's the best because that's the whole point of it for it to suck so bad that you like it. Be so exactly. greasy and hey, be blacked out, salty and it's so good. I'll still, I'm still going to eat it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but a solid six, a solid yes. six. Is that yes. what you said? Okay. All right, number three. It's plastered all over Pittsburgh. It is, I think, the name of the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium. Heinz ketchup. Oh, that's now Heinz that's Steel. a ten because I put. I'm a person that Damn. puts ketchup on everything. Um. Oh, okay. And, like, it's so weird because I know when it's not Heinz ketchup, it's, like, every other ketchup is inferior to Heinz. And it's just, no, I can't. If I, if I see ketchup and it's in that red bottle and I'm like, okay, this could be Heinz, I'll figure it out. I'll be like, no, this is not Heinz. Get this out of my face. But, no, we know what's up. <laughs> Even though it's not made here anymore, we still have the field. We still have, like, an apartment building called the Heinz Lofts. But, no, Heinz Ketchup, solid. And I put that on. I'll put ketchup on Skittles. I don't care. Holy fuck. That is dedication to Heinz, honestly. Um, all right. So, this is the last one. It is, I think, very Pittsburghian or maybe just kind of like the Ohio Valley. But pepperoni rolls Ugh. oh no no I, I thought you were gonna say halushki <laughs> for a second which is like a big thing but no pepperoni rolls that's like that's not even zero that's like shadow realm like when you're when you're talking about like those youtube tier ranks like that's that's like that's like z tier down there it's i hate pepperoni rolls because they're always cold it's like you're just eating a, a loaf of bread and there's maybe some pepperoni in the middle and it's like pepperoni's not meat. It's pepperoni. It's, I mean, yeah. some people love them and I respect the hell out of that, but it's like you're just eating a lot of bread and you're not getting any meat out of it. Where, where's the beef? Where's it at? True, true. true. I respect that. Is a, that is a uniquely. I'm yeah. jealous because I don't like them and I wish I could understand why people liked them, but no, I... <laughs> Also, didn't realize those were no. local to Pittsburgh. I just thought everybody had those. No, no, that is definitely not a normal thing outside of the Ohio Valley kind of Pittsburgh all area. Steel um, fumes, you know, all the all the fumes okay. from the factories and pollution that we thought, hey, here's some bread. <laughs> Why don't we put pepperoni in the bread when we put it in the oven? Then honestly, a lot of the things you guys kind of revolve around are bread bread based. Are a lot of uh, Pittsburgh delicacies. Yeah, we're a portly kind, you know. <laughs> it's hardy. It's hardy, hardy people. Um, and let's, you know, take another shot to all these drunk foods or normal foods, depending upon how you look at it. But let's take another shot to that. Jeez, Louie. Oh, man. Oh, <coughs> ma'am. Ooh. 
All right. So thank you so much, Dominic, uh, aka Ghost Club, for being on my show today. Um, I really appreciate everything that you've talked about, about, you know, your music, how you've kind of grown up to uh, appreciate it a bit more as you've grown as an artist and all your favorite things and least favorite things about, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. But be that as it may, we are running out of time. Thank you so much. Um, I also said, oh, actually, your newest single, Same Graves, just came out. You have some new music coming out in the future. Is there anything you want to say about that right now? Uh, 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 <laughs> music coming soon. <laughs> new music coming soon. I don't know when, but like we have songs already made. We're making more hey, songs. fun times. New music, and that's, you know, and, hey, and that's a beautiful thing because I like that. I like that answer more than some of the other answers that I get because hey, new music is coming, and you guys are going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. So thank you again, Dominic. I really appreciate you being on my show. Uh, I wish, I hope I uh, you know showed off all of my interviewing skills as much as possible, and I got you pretty drunk. So anybody listening out there, this is a pretty great format. You got you're gonna. This is a great format. I would. Like this needs to be the new hot ones. Like this that's is what I'm trying to do. All right. So hopefully this becomes the new hot ones or better than hot ones. Uh, if anybody's listening out there, rate us five stars on Apple, uh, like us, and subscribe on Spotify. Thank you so much again, Dominic, and see you guys next time. Peace.